0: we go <clears throat> coming at you with another fun podcast episode as I whack my microphone I'm sure that sounded good <clears throat> Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy, and uh, I'm excited to be with you again on another awesome podcast episode. Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, Today, I wanted to dive into a little bit about my Kenya trip. Uh, I say a little bit, but maybe this might be a long episode. I spent two weeks in Kenya. Uh, We did a humanitarian trip there through Choice Humanitarian, which is an awesome organization and highly recommend that you check them out. If you ever have a desire to go check out uh, a third world country or another country and you really want to experience something on the ground with people, Um, that you would never see as a tourist. definitely check out Choice Humanitarian. They definitely take care of you, and uh, it was a really good experience. So anyway, in today's podcast episode, I'm going to detail my journey to Kenya, what we did, why I did it, uh, how it all started, and uh, really talk about those details. Uh, Everything that I saw, I looked through through the lens of being a parent to four kids that I have, and I also saw things as a civil engineer, how they're building things, Uh, seeing things through that lens as well, which was also pretty neat to do. Uh, And so I you know, just came away with a lot of different perspectives uh, as I came away from this trip, but definitely all meaningful. Emotions went high to low all over the place, still trying to process some of the stuff that I saw and how I can best uh, help them. So anyway, it was a really neat journey. Uh, This was a very long introduction, but hopefully you get the point. Uh, But uh, today I want to Really just run through things. This episode will probably be best viewed on our YouTube channel. Although I'll do my best of explaining some things and images and videos that I took and others took on our um, Kenya trip. And uh, I'm going to walk through those, kind of just briefly talk about stuff as I go through it. I could spend hours talking about this, but hopefully I'll get through all of it in a quick 30-minute episode. Anyway, long introduction. It's gonna be a good one. Talking about my trip to Kenya, I think you're really gonna enjoy it, and it's gonna be coming up right after this. All right, so let's get right into it. So today I'm gonna talk about my trip to Kenya, and what I wanna do is just a quick little screen share for those that are on our YouTube channel. And that way I can run through pictures uh, and a Google shared album that we've got developed for everyone that came out to Kenya. And um, it's just probably the best and easiest way to to share this information, I think. So um, as I talk about it, I'll try to describe things in detail for those listening to an audio version of this, but it should be a good time. So anyway, uh, my trip started out months ago and um, found out from a lady in our neighborhood that she's a director of a group called Choice Humanitarian. And at the time, I knew nothing about them. Uh, I was invited to go to a breakfast and, and really started to getting a feel and flavor for what they do. Uh, but my wife is the one that actually volunteered me. At the time, they needed about 12 volunteers, and they only had eight. And so my wife was like, hey, Isaac could go. And I was like, Really? uh, you're gonna be okay with four kids at home for a while, (laughs) but she stuck to it and I ended up going and it was really neat experience. So anyway, I I was glad I went, we ended up with 24 people that ended up attending this. So really, uh, expanded. And I think most people were a little hesitant at the time because of COVID. Uh, but as things lifted, so did we. So we lifted off. Anyway, we started our journey jumping on the long airplane rides, finally made it to um, Kenya. Um, we, Choice Humanitarian sets you up in very nice hotels, uh, you know, nice views, nice hotels that you're staying at. And um, you're doing this. So the way Choice works is they have an in, uh, in-country team that's there and they uh, have done months of preparation to get this set up. And so the Kenyan team figures out where to stay, where we're going, the village that we're attending, which is the most needed, uh, usually the most needed place. And then Choice also likes to tack on some adventure or tri- uh, something you can tack on if you want to at the end of your humanitarian trip. In this case, I did. I figured, hey, I'm never going to come back. I, well, maybe never. I don't know. But I probably won't be making it back to Africa anytime soon, so I decided to do that. And for this particular trip, they did a four-day safari in Africa, which was awesome. So, anyway, we stayed at a uh, hotel the first night. We ended up making our way down to, uh, maybe I'll bring up a nice little map here. Map.google.com Let's go look at Google Maps, and I can't do this. I'll edit that out. All right, so before we jump into pictures, quick map of the area. Here's Kenya, beautiful country. Sits on the east side of Africa, borders Somalia, Tanzania, uh, Uganda, Ethiopia, South Sudan, but we flew into Nairobi, and you take a one-hour flight from Nairobi all the way down to Mombasa, and it's where Mombasa, where my travel started. Um, we stayed in Mombasa for about uh, a day, and then the very next day we drove up to Samburu to a village just outside of Samburu called Kanjaoka. Let's see if I can find it, Kanjaoka primary school boom Kanjaoka. so Kanjaoka is just a little bit outside of Samburu um, and uh, that's where we stayed that was the village that we were at it's a it's a primary school that they have there it's a village that they have there and uh, that's that's really where the adventure begins after we stayed there just high level uh, we came back to Mombasa and then for the Africa trip at the tail end We went from Mombasa all the way up to three different parks. One was called Savo East right here. Then the next day we did Savo West. And the last day we did Amboseli, which is, where is Amboseli? Oh, right here. Amboseli National Park. Uh, Awesome place. And uh, right at the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro. So we actually didn't get to see that because it was always cloud cover, but it loomed ominous over our heads. So that real quickly is the map of what we did. Now let's get into some pictures. When we were in Mombasa, we got to do a quick little tour. Uh, One of the places had these bats that were just massive, and um, they'd be all up in the trees during the daytime. So, you know, that was fun to see. Huge bats. I mean, look at these things. They're big, big bats. Anyway, uh, I went out there with a neighbor. His name is Bob, and we had a good time. Uh, Went to the markets there. Everyone tried to sell us stuff. Then we got a tour of a place called Fort Jesus, a mix of Portuguese and uh, Arab and uh, British influence all throughout this fort uh, overlooking the ocean. And so uh, we got to tour that. It was really interesting to, to check that out. Uh, after we did the whole Mombasa thing, came back every night. Um, every night, uh, we would get together and we would uh, have a recap of the day. Choice does it. We do a little recap of the day. And then the ne- very next day, uh, we would do whatever's on the agenda. So we kind of planned the days. And the in house team uh, did a great job of doing that. We were all jet lagged, which was just part of the fun. And uh, jet lag definitely when we came back home. So uh, hotels are nice. Anyway, we made our way finally to the village where we were staying. Uh, They had an opening celebration that included lots of music. Uh, Each kid that when we got off this bus had our name tag. And uh, it would escort us to the right location. It was just an awesome thing. Lots of music. I'm sure I can find some in here. Uh... Let's see, yeah, here we go. Here's some music going on. I'll try to throw in some video of this stuff so you can really hear it, but they had an awesome celebration. This opening celebration ceremony lasted, I wanna say, almost three hours. And they also had one of the closing celebration. It was similar in time. So lots of dancing, lots of fun. Um, and um, the Choice team uh, included a guy named Bevington. Uh, there was... Uh, bunch of others and uh, they did a great job of instructing, holding classes, they had a chief that was there that guaranteed our safety, Um, you know, runs through these are federal employees and they guaranteed our safety there, wanted to really express their appreciation that we were there to help and Choice does a great job of aligning the community with those that come and the work that's performed is really done together. They don't have us just come in and say, hey, here we are. Let's go at it. Uh, They really work together as a team so that you're both doing work. Uh, And uh, that's really how it ran. So lots of introductions, flag ceremony. Uh, They always open with a prayer, very religious, which is uh, fun to see. Um, In Mombasa, we were told, I think it was about 60% Muslim uh, as it's along the coast and uh, 40 percent christian and as you go outside of Mombasa it's probably more christian um, and um, so a very religious country and so anyway you can see in these pictures and opening ceremonies there's uh, kids in school uniforms there's community leaders and they're doing a lot of introductions uh, for everyone that showed up the introductions could go long But the main director in Kenya for choice, his name is Oreyu, and he helps to run that. uh, These directors with choice are well-educated and they're educated in the United States and then uh, feel the need to to go and help. So they go and help their country. So um, anyway, the kids were awesome. They they sang, they danced, and I could go on and on and on about us dancing with them. But um, you get the picture. So that was the first day uh, of us doing this, is kind of this big opening ceremony. We didn't have a lunch till about 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and then they had a dinner at 7. And what's nice about doing these humanitarian trips with choice is that they set all this up for you. And uh, if I can get down to it, after the opening ceremonies, they set up a nice camp site for you. So uh, set up cot, cots, camp, toilets, showers. We even had hot showers they boil water and uh, do that for us and um, there's a picture of a school right now their school is just mud floor mud mud walls uh using just the wood that they have available to them and we ended up helping with those uh build a better school out of stone uh, with mortar and concrete so uh it was good stuff so um i don't know what you want to see but just talking through it here's some of the great team members uh, this guy's name's Baggio, and this is Lawrence. They're both. They were choice uh, volunteers. They weren't even paid by choice, but it was an opportunity for them to come and help. And they they do a fantastic job of being there. Just some of the boys hanging out, watching us play soccer. Uh, they, these guys were happy no matter what we did with them. At first, the kids were a little shy around us, and then as we Uh, They warmed up to us over the week, which was really fun because we could sing songs with them. We could read books with them and practice our Swahili with them. So Jumbo, Jumbo is hello. Uh, I just took pictures of our our campsite, all kinds of good stuff. But the kids were definitely a highlight. Um, The first day that we were out there in terms of service and projects, uh, we helped to build a fence. Uh, Every thorn and bush that's out there is ready to kill you. It's all in self-defense mode. And so you would chop these with a machete. Let's see if I can find some pictures. Yeah, here's some. So you'd go out there and chop some bushes with a machete, and then we would just stack them up all around the perimeter. And this school in particular had some problems, I think, with animals. So this will keep the animals out of their school. So, you know, we have a problem just getting to school. These guys got problems with animals uh, that could really hurt them and harm them as as they attend school. So... Uh, we built a perimeter with machetes and these bushes stacked up all around and that was basically my first day uh in in the village and You could run around and do different tasks as well they weren't this wasn't the only thing that they were doing, uh, but it was fun to do. What I was really impressed by is that these women would come out and chop and use machetes and stuff, and they 've got a baby strapped to their back, some of them are breastfeeding. I, and here I was with my arm getting tired in two seconds because uh, uh, I haven't used a machete for a while. So uh, anyway, you get the picture, but um, it was, it was uh, hard work. Lots of termite hills. They call them the pyramids of the savannah uh, because they're, they're large for the size of the termite. But uh, school is very important. Kids arrived at school, I want to say, at like 7 or 8 in the morning. Uh, and they'd walk from quite a ways away to get to school. And school is a very high priority if you can get your kids to school. They have school uniforms. There were families that couldn't afford school uh, uniforms, and sometimes they just wouldn't send their kids to school, which was unfortunate. Uh, school uniform was probably like five or six US dollars. So, definitely a need there to get kids to school still. Um, I'm just going to roll through some of these pictures that I've got here. Uh, I got to know the kids really well. I really enjoyed that. So in terms of our campsite, um, Choice sets up an entire campsite for us where we could be American, but when we're outside of that, we had to follow their customs. Uh, women had to wear congas, which is kind of a skirt that you wear around, and uh, men could go shirtless. So if you if you wanted to go shirtless, you could definitely do that. Uh, I didn't see many, but you could. You could do that. Uh, the next day, we started gathering materials in a flatbed or a bed truck uh, that we ran out to a quarry that they had. It was maybe 30 minutes away. We got stuck a few times in the mud uh, trying to get ourselves out of there. And uh, the quarry, they would just hand dig this stuff uh, with a chisel. And we were, we were lifting two different kinds of rocks. Some were just kind of little boulders that you would put in, and that, those were used for the walls. And then another time we'd go out and get more material and it was more of the flat rock that we'd use for flooring and that's what they uh, would use. So this rock apparently is everywhere and uh, we just loaded that up, got a ton of material going. Helped a little bit with framing, although I was probably out getting material, I didn't help with that very much. Uh, You can see in some of these pictures and videos that I'm showing that uh, how they hand uh, get their flat rock for the flooring chiseled out and the rocks that we moved uh, over and over again lots of kids it was fun to interact with them women helped with a lot of schooling and the kids that were there Um, so that was another day that I was there and um, another day we also helped assemble desks so I think we brought in and made 80 desks for them for the children and we got out there and um, hung out in those desks and sang some songs. The kids would love to read with us every morning. They loved to hear us read. We loved to hear them read too, but they loved hearing us read. And it was fun to do every morning as they arrived for school. All right. One of the things that Choice does is they actually hold classes for – um for the villagers. So they'd have a combined class and the chief was up here explaining some things. But they'd also have classes for men and classes for women and classes for the youth. And uh really uh talking about how they can improve themselves as a family uh to reach their goals. I thought it was very neat. Some of the same struggles that they have are struggles that we have, probably as married couples, etc. And so it was kind of interesting to hear those things. But here's more pictures of building that school. They get the framing going. Uh, you can see the walls that have been built. <clears throat> They're nice. And the flooring that goes in. That's all part of that. Um, we'll just keep going. I have we got uh, thousands of pictures, but I only got you for uh, 30 minutes. So the sunsets were amazing while we were out there got pictures of that. The stars were amazing, too. I've never seen anything so clear. Being out in Africa, it was really neat to see. The women would go out every day, walk 30 minutes or more to go get water every single day. And they'd have these plastic jugs, and they'd balance those on their head. The last day I was there, I went to go see where they're getting their water, and there's just nothing out there that looks good at all. In fact, some of their water sources were almost depleted uh, because they are actually in a drought right now. So Kenya is in a drought. They definitely need rain because they aren't growing any crops. Um, When we saw some of their food sources, they didn't have any. Um, So it was just crazy, but um, they definitely need, need help, need better water sources and need clean water too. So definitely a need for that. Um, More pictures of me at the quarry going out to get stuff. I got little video of things. So the quarry is just, they just dig two, three feet down underneath the ground. And all of a sudden they hit rock. And that's what they use is their quarry. So all these places that we'd go get rock are something about 30 minutes away from where we were. So uh, pretty cool. Um, I don't know. So as we as I kept going, each day you'd do different service projects and have opportunities to interact with the kids. Uh, tons of opportunities to play soccer. Uh, they were so happy when we would play with them, whether it was a soccer ball or a football or even play volleyball. We had a volleyball that we set up as well, um, which they, they really enjoyed. Uh, another day we went out and got sand. We got a couple um, trucks full of sand. They just go up to a road start shoveling, fill it all up, and they use the sand to help make mortar as well as make the concrete, and they helped to make some of that. Uh, There was a woman that would be there hand mixing all this stuff, and she'd be doing it all day, and I would jump in and come and help. I'd get tired in about 10 minutes, and she'd be doing it all day long, so I was impressed with how hard they work uh, to to get stuff done. So um, anyway, those were some of the things we did. They did a, a soccer uh, tournament. They played soccer. They actually brought in two different villages to come and have like a little soccer tournament. And we were able to watch that. It's kind of a big deal. So that was fun to watch. Um, just had fun. So one of the experiences that you have as you go out there is not only do you get to know the the team of, of choice people that are in the country and hear their stories, because many of them also came from the, from similar villages and through education and whatnot have been able to uh, get out of that. Uh, they still consider, it obviously, it's home, but um, you know they can provide a better life for their family. But the other thing you get to know is the people that came out with you, and you get to know their stories. And like I said, every day we would sit down and have kind of a um a, a recap of the day what emotions that anybody was feeling as they were helping people or experiences that they had they wanted to talk about and then just recap what was going to happen the very next day um it, it went by so quickly it was it was crazy but anyway that was kind of how things were run um so yeah it was really fun cool picture of me huh there you go cool me Definitely was growing a beard out there. Um, got to know this kid here. His name's Chato, and uh, he spoke English really well, and so he was fun to talk to. And then as you talked to the kids, they would teach you Swahili, so it was really fun to hear that. And the kids would love for us to read their little school books and read stories to them, help them with their education a little bit. So we did that virtually every morning. And then eventually we were singing songs with them and they'd just warm up to us. It was really fun to be around. It actually made it really hard to leave them too at the end of the week that we were there because you get used to seeing them. You get, you know, it's just fun to be around them. One of the days we got to shadow a family. And so we split up in groups and four of us, I went with this family uh, that we had to drive out to because it was a little bit of a distance away. And while we were there, uh, the man was so proud. This is the guy I was with right here in this video I'm going to show real quick. But he was it was his family. He had a neighbor that had came by. His name is Musa. I really like him. He was always well-dressed. And he was so proud of his home and his village, there was his setup that he had here. And he was telling us all about it. And he wanted us to take pictures. He wanted us to take video. He wanted us to share it with others. And so that's what we did, and I just shot a lot of that. So, um, he would take us around. Uh, What's interesting to me is that families here still pay a dowry. So, if you're going to get married, you you know the father of uh, of the girl would have to, or uh, of the guy, sorry, would have to pay so many cows and so many goats um, for for marriage. And some of the men sometimes. I would, you know, not to be harsh, but sometimes that was, like, out of necessity. Let's say one of those parties really needed the animals. And so sometimes people were married not because of affection but because they, of need. And so some of these men would have a second wife somewhere. And so sometimes you'd ask, how many kids do you have? And this particular guy had 21 children. And, like, I think 10 of them had passed away. But, you know, still quite a few kids And, um, and that was, I wouldn't say that was abnormal, but real needs here with the children, real healthcare needs, um, definitely that I saw when I was shadowing, they would show us how they cook their food and they show us their food storage, which wasn't anything, but they grow corn here and, um, or maize, and they were showing us how they make it. Um, what they're doing now is they're actually going to purchase cornmeal and then they just cook that up and they eat it. And really, it just feeds their stomach, it, like feeds their, fills their stomach. It provides really no nutritional value um, in reality because it's just low on vitamin A, but they don't grow anything else. And so, part of the classes that we taught is uh, we had a doctor with us and voice? she taught nutrition uh, for her profession and shows she would teach them, you need to grow a variety of vegetables, uh, even fruits and protein to get in your diet, to help build muscle. And so she was teaching them that and some people had very small gardens, but they could definitely do better with bigger gardens to get a variety of vitamins because they definitely need them. You can see that some of the children would just be playing with a rock or something. Sitting in the sand initially, I thought, Wow, these kids are really well behaved because my kids are always bouncing off the walls. But the reality is, is that they're just malnutrition, they don't have a lot of energy, I think. And so, they just sit there and they play with a rock or a, or a stick or something, you know, and, and that's what they do. Um, so, real needs for nutrition and health care here. But when we were, you know, they would show us how they make their food, how they grind the corn. They would show us how they cut trees and how they cut branches to make rope because what they do mainly for money is they make charcoal. They'll go and chop down some trees, and then they'll burn that wood into charcoal and sell it in bags, and it's about five U.S. dollars a bag. And that's how they're going to buy, uh, you know, go to a store like we do and go and buy cornmeal, which is just a small bag of cornmeal. And most families, I think, only this ate about one mil wood. a day. So uh, it was rough to see. So, uh, yeah, we'd sit around. They'd have us do the tree chopping. I got to experience that. Uh, Musa was showing me how to do that. Baguio is giving it a shot. He's with the Kenyan Choice team. I jumped in, started chopping some trees down, too, at the tail end of this. And then this is the wood that they would use. It's a little bit bigger wood, but we'd use that wood to make the charcoal. I was also filming that they really love to braid women's hair. So if you have longer hair, they loved braiding that hair. I got a picture of that that I'm going to show here. But anytime any woman had longer hair, they they were always wanting to braid it, which was always fun to watch. I have pictures and video of how they make the charcoal. They build these pits and they put all the wood in the middle. It takes about five to seven days to make the charcoal, so it's not an easy process. They were showing us how they sharpen their blades and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, real real needs for food there and clean water and medical care in this village. They just didn't have it. So anyway, I've got plenty of pictures of that. So that was one day of shadowing. Another day, there's um, a quick picture of the soccer tournament between two villages. And these guys would be out there playing in bare feet. And some people had the shoes on. But man, some of the thorns that were out there, I was like, man, good for you guys, because there's no way I'm going barefoot out there. But they played their hearts out; it was really fun to watch. Um, uh, the last day that we're there, and I don't want to just be here all day talking about my experience, but I just want to highlight that there are real needs here, and you know, outside the world, there's also real needs just close to you. I'm sure. Um, I got a picture here. Most, most of the kids that had to go get water would just roll these barrels of water instead of putting them on their heads. So we've got a picture of them just kicking those buckets down. Kids with needs. Yep. So here's a, I'm also showing a picture here of kids that would be sitting down like I described before, uh, which was hard to see once you knew that it's just because mainly they don't have the food to, to really, or the energy to do anything. So, um, yeah, water sources. Took a picture of the water that they're drinking. It's green. It's nasty. It's filled with elephant dung. Um, it's not a pleasant place to get water. One of the watering holes only had about five days left of water, which I was kind of dropped my jaw. But that's all they had. And then when they run out, they have to just find another source. And so um, we've been brainstorming ways of how to really get something in here that could clean the water what I thought was interesting is that some of the villages preferred one waterhole to another because um, because it tasted better. So if elephants were found in the other one, uh, they wanted to go to this one because it tasted better. But, I, I mean, I found elephant tracks and elephant dung at all the waterholes, so I'm not sure how that worked out. <laughs> so, anyway, the very last day we slaughtered a goat, we helped. And Choice provided a meal for the kids. So we fed the children and the adults. And that was a really hard event because you would see these individuals and, and the hunger that they had, they and we fed them a pretty good bowl of this food, but they just wanted it so bad and wanted seconds. Um we gave up our breakfast in the morning because we just felt like they needed it. So um real needs for food there. I got a nice picture of the school that we we had built. It was basically the last day, you know. That maybe you'd need some doors and some windows, but we pretty much got it there. And I've got a nice video of me taking a shot at mixing the mortar that uh, this lady was mixing. I'd go around in a circle and mix this stuff up, and yeah, you get tired really quickly doing that. Um, and she was doing it all day long, so I was. Definitely impressed by that. Um yeah, I don't know. I could keep going on and on and on. My experience was phenomenal. Um, it's something I think everyone should experience at least once in their life to go to a place like this and really see the needs that are out there. And I don't think pictures can do it justice. So let me go ahead and, and wrap this thing up with a there we are. Come back to me, wrap this thing up. Um, There are definitely real needs here uh, in Kenya and and all over the world. Um, My experience was a a great one. I'm still trying to figure out how to process this and what I can do to help. Uh, Money is one thing, uh, but to really make a difference, sometimes it takes boots on the ground, right? And getting out there and doing stuff. And so Choice Humanitarian provided me an opportunity to get out to Kenya and to be with people that I probably would have never met and experience a life that I have never seen before. And uh, I would encourage anyone, if you want to do that, to go check out Choice Humanitarian. I think in a future episode, I'd love to have the director. Uh, She was on this trip with us. It was one of her first expeditions. And I want to bring her on and talk about what Choice does and all the other areas of the world that they impact. I know COVID really impacted Choice uh, because they shut down a lot of these expeditions. Uh, which is a real sad thing to see when there's such a need for help out in the world. So, um, very uh, moving. Uh, a very moving experience. Uh, many people cried after we fed the food to the children, and just to see the hunger and the need that is always there, and it's such a massive need. It's 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 uh, you wonder if you're making any difference, uh, but I can promise that that you are, uh, even if it's a small one. Uh, you you are influencing some people's lives. So that was my experience. After this was kind of a fun thing. We we did the safari. have lots of pictures of animals and such. Maybe I'll post some of those later on. But um, that's really uh, the gist of it all. So anyway, I wanted to share this trip uh, with you. Uh, It was a really neat experience for me. Like I said, if you ever had any desire to go check them out or go to another country, and really see what life is like, and do some good. Definitely check out Choice Humanitarian. I think it's well worth it, and uh, there have plenty of other ways to help to donate uh, as well. So go check them out, ChoiceHumanitarian.org, and uh, you'll be well on your way. As an engineer, it was fun to see how they used mortar, how they came up with concrete, um, and also how you know the stones they were using to build this stuff. How they were actually constructing this as we would help them was also an eye-opening thing to see as well. You use the resources that you have available to you, and uh, yeah, it was good to watch. And the other thing I learned is that you can be happy in any circumstance that you find yourself in. So don't get your head down if you uh, find yourself in a, in a low spot. Maybe you haven't passed that PE exam. Maybe it's been five or six times or the FE exam, but definitely get your head up. You can do this, and uh, you can find joy in this journey. That we are all on. So anyway, I hope that was fun for you. That that was a quick glimpse of my trip in Kenya. There's many more stories that I could relate to you, but uh, just don't have the time. So if you have any questions about it, feel free to email me at isaaccivilengineeringacademy.com. Whether it's about Choice Humanitarian or my own experience there, I'll be happy to share those experiences with you. And um, if you need help with your exams or uh, your journey to become a civil engineer, which I think As a civil engineer, you can do a lot of good in the world. Definitely check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com. We are ready to help you. So hopefully this was fun for you. I enjoyed doing it. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.